Solitary confinement, trapped alone. Solitude becomes isolation within an unquiet mind. Solitude is an illusion, a blindness to the universal, ever-standing connection that we have to all things. The physical presence of others brings the awareness of this ever-standing truth, this ever-standing connection, to the experience we have in the moment. Sharing space gives us evidence that we are not alone, but that evidence is not enough to shift the emotional state of loneliness. The presence of another presents potential, potential to create some sort of shared moment, a shared moment that can overcome the illusion that we are alone, a series of shared moments to create an emotional bond. The lingering light of connection shimmers in the midst of the blue night of solitude. And who can call a thing dark that is filled with so many lights? Even when I can't recall the contents of the moment, I still carry with me the light and love I experienced in these moments of fully present conversation. Stop motion stills flicker in my memory at the surreal pace of fleeting dreams. I'm only lonely when the clouds gather, the chatter, the regret, the fear, and every other flavor of unquiet. Karen called me an extremist. She said it with a laugh. There was no malice. It was just an observation. In the conversation that leading up to this observation, I recounted my weekend. And it looked something like this. Friday night, 6.30, arrive at the lunch shop. Bunch Shop is an insomniac's dream come true. It's a late night coffee shop with tattered, mix-matched chairs and couches, long industrial style tables with benches, fire hazard power strips and extension cords, barely adequate yellow light, diligent medical students hunched over gruesome visuals, party people meeting up to plan the night, delicious pastries and fresh coffee. It stays open until 3 a.m. So I've been working at the bun shop for about five months now. We get a lot of interesting people that come in here later in the night. There's a lot of like after the bars, people will come here. Right. And, yeah, they're really looking to get a coffee to sober up and get a snack. Oh, oh, oh okay. 
perhaps my favorite customer like lately that's came in was a guy who was really high on Molly and he ordered like two large coffees and then he tried to sell me the drugs that he was on. And I was like, hmm, no thank you. Perhaps I could interest you in a glass of water. And he took his coffee and he sat down on the couch and just like sat there and stared most interesting thing that I've seen or experienced working here at the fun shop, I would have to say there's definitely a, there's a man that comes in here and he brings like his whole computer, like a whole desktop computer. Oh, I and see the desktop guy. Like, yes, and that's see, exactly what we I've call him. We guy. call him desktop guy. So he's really interesting. It's like he brings his whole office because it's like paperwork sprawled out too. So. But he gets on one of these small tables though. <laughs> yeah, the smallest table. With the his smallest table is just let's take all of that. And I guess because he doesn't want anybody, you know, trying to get While I was at the bun shop, I worked on projects that I've been putting off. I made stuff for the sake of my own creative practice and for my own sanity. Some of my best writing over the last few years has happened there but I hadn't been in months, so I wanted to see if the magic was still alive. Saturday morning, 3 a.m. Walking through Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon is located in what is considered Midtown Baltimore. The Washington Monument is located there, the original one. There are also other beautiful 19th century buildings. The streets were pretty quiet and the night air was fresh. At the hours of sitting and staring at a screen, I needed to wind down before I tried to get some sleep. I walked up past Penn Station to the block where one or two spots was still open. There were a few young people standing outside chatting and dancing. The writer and me tried to imagine what dialogue might be happening, but I had nothing. I'd been out of the game far too long to know what these young people might be saying, but I could read their body language. There was this one guy who clearly liked a girl in the group, but if she noticed it, she wouldn't acknowledge it. This was clearly a friend situation for her, and he seemed to be dying inside. Saturday morning, 5.30ish, arriving home. As I walked in, I realized that my phone had died. So I'm guessing at the time that I've arrived, but I knew that I had somewhere to be at 10 a.m. I was afraid to do anything more than try to take a short nap or else I might miss my appointment. Sometimes I take morning naps, like I wake up super early and work for a couple hours and then I sleep again until a time that regular people might get up. Maybe I could pretend that this is what was happening now. I walked in and I couldn't go straight to sleep, so I made some food and I lounged around until the sun came up. Eventually, I powered up my phone and set an alarm for 90 minutes, and this would be my dosage of sleep for the night.
Saturday morning, 1010, arrived at Noel's studio. The appointment that I had was a two-hour meditation and painting workshop with an incredibly gifted artist, author, meditation coach named Noel. I'll talk more about her later, but I really felt compelled and I really felt like it was important for me to honor the commitment that I made to the community that, that she has built there and the process that I discovered through my connection with her. As I'm typing, I'm looking at the odd painting that I created during the workshop and reflecting on the conversations that I had with the other people that I met at Noel's. So I'm glad that I went. Saturday afternoon, two o'clock, video shoot in East Baltimore. This is where it starts to get a little masochistic. I'd promised one of the young artists that I worked with in our after-school program that I would film a music video for his latest song. He's 13 years old and he's been really diligent about writing and creating new stuff over the past six months. So I wanted to encourage and support that. We did the shoot and it was a great physical workout. Getting all those angles and carrying all that gear from location to location around the neighborhood. Saturday afternoon, 5 o'clock. My only goal at this point was to try to make it until sundown. This would be the longest night of the year. The clocks were rolling back. I had nothing on my agenda for the next day. So the sun went down. I slept and slept. It was pretty awesome. Sunday. I can't remember much about Sunday. I took a long walk in the middle of the afternoon. I saw the last few plays of a football game through the window of a bar in Canton. The Ravens lost to the Steelers. On my way back, I saw two adult males tossing a football back and forth in the middle of the street, gloating, wearing Steelers jerseys. It was shocking how quickly the day evaporated and night fell. But when night fell, I slept again. So Karen called me an extremist, but she wasn't talking politics. She was talking about the feast and famine nature of my relationship with wellness. The previous week, I'd mentioned that I pretty much slept all weekend. Too bad you can't save sleep for later. Some elements of wellness are cumulative. If you step out of line on a diet or miss a workout here or there, your base of healthy eating and exercise can minimize the effects. Likewise, if you overspend your budget one month, you can get back on track by tightening up the following month or by finding other ways to generate income to support your financial wellness. But sleep is not like that. You can't save it for a rainy day. You need it every single day. When I was a bit younger, I routinely deprived myself of sleep. I was not always out partying or, or anything like that. I was often in my studio working, but I was also in the army at the time and my overall physical fitness made it much easier for me to bounce back. Sleep deprivation was like a badge of honor. I developed extreme tendencies in my 20s 
I was up, afraid to miss out on what could be happening next. I played around with the altered mind state that sleep deprivation sometimes brought on, and I romanticized and falsely attributed my creativity to this altered state. I know better now, but I can sometimes fall into old habits. I try to rationalize the occasional all-nighter, but I can't remember the last time that it was worth it.